Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of QBT. How you doing, Shani? You sound so professional. Um, it's that turtleneck. It is the turtleneck. <laughs> it's turtleneck season. I feel like I remember, were you talking about a turtleneck last episode? I don't know, but I'm wearing a turtleneck right now. Yes! <laughs> turtlenecks, 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 turtlenecks. We are two queer babes talking about mental health, pop culture, and whatever the hell else we want. Today's special episode is called Two Queer Babes and Turtlenecks. Queer Babe Turtlenecks. <laughs> Ooh, merchandise. <laughs> Ooh, that would be really cute. Like a turtleneck with just like a small, like embroidered, like QBT. On oh that. my God. I know. It's coming, friends. It's also, Allie Kiltz is here with us today. Okay, let's go. Yeah. Try to talk slick all up in my ear and shit. <laughs> Shawnee, um, so I don't know if um, astrology is real, but it's Scorpio season, oh which means God. everyone's going to be, you know, horny and mad, you know? Um, <laughs> you mean what I've been for the last 10 months? Alrighty, there we go. Um, I feel like uh, something about supposedly Scorpio season that I was reading on our friend Gary, Gangsta Gary's page, <laughs> Gary McCreer, Um was about um, Scorpio season as a as a, a intentional time for rebirth and change and embracing change. So my sub slut question for you today is, what is something that you would like to embark on changing or shifting in your life this oh, year? Oh, okay. I can also go first if that if you need a second. Yeah. Okay. I'll let you go first. All right. So I was thinking today about. Um, how I have this natural inclination to absorb hopefulness as like naivete, as like a naive way of being. So like whenever I see someone be like, oh my God, I really hope X happens. I'm like, oh my God, child. <laughs> like that's <laughs> like what my brain does because I, I don't know. I feel like maybe I have experienced uh, a diminishing of hope in my childhood and so I've been like I developed an a like cynicism around my life you know and so I like to think of it as pragmatic but it can just be straight up like Debbie Downer shit and so I guess what I'm trying to say is for me as I embark on this next year and I think I've talked about this before I always use my birthday as the kind of year mark like I don't New Year's is just a party to me. I don't, like, do the whole resolutions and all that. I normally think about those things around my birthday and, like, how mm -hmm. I want to engage mm -hmm. with the next year. So for me, this year, I want to work on adjusting how I perceive hopefulness so that maybe I can experience hopefulness. So, like, if I, st if I start working on seeing hopefulness as something to be revered or something cool, then maybe I will feel that way about it and can feel it. What about you? Well, first of all, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just want to stop looking at my phone. No, let me stop. Uh, Same. I want to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's why I don't feel hopeful because <laughs> I look at my phone all the time. I think I want to, I would say work more on not uh, like prescribing. I think I prescribe, I put a lot of weight, burden, whatever energy 
on very small things sometimes. Mm. Um, I have this bad habit of making very intense things trivial and very trivial things intense. And I feel <laughs> like those things need to flip. Okay. <laughs> Put weight where weight's due yeah. versus weight where yeah. you can kind of control it. Yeah, which I understand as a coping mechanism of mine. Sure. It's a way for me to be like, oh, this like life-shattering thing that happened, it's fine. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Would you put cheese on that burger? I will fucking murder Time you. Time to get you fired, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I don't know. I, I need to work on that, I think. Do you really not put cheese on your burgers? No, I fucking love cheese on my burgers. Okay, I was like, <laughs> that may be something you want to work on. <laughs> I'm not a fucking, like, <laughs> demon. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, well, um, I love that. I just think, uh, to our listeners, maybe think about um, how you want to engage and embrace change in this new season that you all seem to be so damn afraid of when you just need to embrace it like it comes it goes like Scorpio season spiky you know it's like I always feel Libra season start and I always feel my season and then the second it's over I don't even have to look at the date it's like I wake up and I'm like it's not Libra season anymore Mm -mm. is it and I look at the fucking calendar every time and it's October 22nd and I'm like yep it's here. It's time to start working on shit. It's time to get deep. Time to time to confront your enemies. Time to, you oh. know, get some revenge. Like, let's go. You is know? that what that feeling is that's bubbling up in, for, inside of me? I think what it is is uh, there is a natural tendency to kind of like make some internal time for the end of summer and like you're preparing your harvest and stuff and like now the winter's coming but before the winter comes it is time to just like cut some people off get some people correct or like if you want to come to the new year with me you've got to figure this out because like you know what i mean i don't think it's like inherently malicious it's about just like let's take some time to see what's coming on the horizon and let's address some things that have not been cool it hasn't been cute. Let's get it cute. I definitely unmuted and unblocked a few people on Instagram okay. this week. And okay. then I muted and blocked a few more people. There we go. It was like... A new leaf. It was a new leaf. There we go. <laughs> Your so, feed's all new now. And some of those blocks and mutes were like not meant to have lasted as long as they did. I just suddenly was like, oh shit, that person's been blocked for like two years. Can you see... I know you can see who you blocked. Can you see who you've muted? No, I just know. You just know. I also, if you scroll to the very, very, very end of your stories, they're like, it, like they're kind of like their story will be there, but it's like faded, and that's how you know. Oh, yeah, I love the mute button. Oh, it's it is my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, let's get into and what about it? Politics, pop culture, and the like. Um. What are we listening to? Um. Y'all already know. I talked oh, about yeah. the last episode. Yeah, Ms. Ariana. Ms. Ariana. But I mean, let's Positions. be real about It's like that. a two and a half minute song. It's a two and a half minute song. It's mediocre. I mean, it's, it's cute. It's slightly above cute. mediocre. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's not cute. It's not a bop bop. It's not like a pop hit that's right. going to be like... You probably won't be able to escape it, but I feel like it'll fizzle out before we know it and I also feel like she's just gonna drop this album next Friday anyways and we're gonna have a whole bunch of other songs to replace this uh yeah it's definitely just like a little teaser little the video's cute she's like a white house woman and like she has her cabinets all like women and queer people she's very color. yes it's cute um I'm I'm happy to have it I love a distraction 
You know what I mean? Agreed. That's a great way of putting it. It's been on repeat today. I yeah. feel like since you texted us in the group and said, I wish you would just enunciate because I have to listen to it eight times before I get it. I, li- I keep listening to it so I can understand what she's saying. I mean, okay. I don't believe people when they <laughs> tell me that they understand what Ariana's saying without looking up the lyrics. I've never been able to do that. Someone on Twitter told me they were like, well, I've been a fan for the whole time, so it's like you just learn. This is true. And I've only been a fan really kind of since Sweetener. Like, that oh. was my entry point. And so I'm like, maybe I just need to absorb it for a few more years. But I don't understand is. why this adult woman can't un- say her words. She can. She can when she speaks. She just <laughs> does it when she sings. Like, I... Like, what do you think the lyrics are? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? No, I, I had to watch the lyric video, though. I listened to it twice, and I got about three and a half lines. I truly was just sitting there like, I don't know what she's saying. I have no idea. So I had to... Hi, Blue. I had to um, fully watch the lyric video, and then I was like, oh, this is cute. You know, I saw someone say it's a verse anthem. I It is very much a verse bottom anthem. <laughs> like, it's I... about positions, but it's... <laughs> Tops don't listen to Ariana like that. <laughs> like, they don't. Yeah. They don't. And... Let me tell you. I don't know. It's great. I like it. I like it. En- I like it enough to listen to it a lot. If that makes. Oh uh, yeah, sense. it's an Ariana song. It's gonna come out. <laughs> uh, a song that I actually like really, really enjoy is this "Cakes to Kill a Don Dada" song. It is so cute. I still need to listen to it. You dropped it in the group, and I was like, "Oh, I want to do this," and then something else happened. It's so good for like either like a pick me up, like a midday. It's just so high energy and really fun and confidence building, but it, it sounds interesting enough that it's not like something like a, a Kelly Clarkson or something. You know what I mean? It, it has like enough interesting stuff going on that you're like, I'm just feeling some solid energy from this. It, it, it's kind of like a late summer drop and it feels like an earlier summer kind of song, but mm. I appreciate that as it starts to get dark at 545 to like, to have something to be like, Oh, I don't have to go to bed when the sun goes down. And we're definitely getting... And that's why I wasn't too mad at this Ariana song, because I feel like we're just moving into that season. Like, it's cuffing season. It's It's about, like, cuddling and, like, staying cozy. It's cuffing season. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to be, like... You want to get too hype. Like, Mm -hmm. you want to be able to just, like, vibe out at home. Mm -hmm. And I think both can be true. Um, Kim Petras did not release a Turn Off the Light Volume 3, but she added a new song to turn off the light so like there's a new song at the bottom of it called party till i die it's fine i've heard it once i listened to it while i was showering before i came over here and it's not as good as the rest of turn off the light but it's it's fine you know i i want her to do well i hate that she fucking works with whatever that dude's name is who does she work with kesha's rapist do you hear that that throwing up that's happening in the other room oh (laughs) blue's vomiting y'all okay we'll pause really quickly (laughs) Okay, Blue's taken care of. Um, so, <laughs> um, uh, uh, you know, Beyonce released the Ivy Park oh. trailer. Looks amazing. I hope I get onto the actual site this time. Who's Who knows? Who's to say? Uh, last time I was texting you, uh, like, <laughs> we were both texting each other trying to get onto the site. I have no idea what the release will look. Is it the same? Is it going to be the same thing where you, like, do we know yet? There I hasn't don't... been instructions. It's on the 30th, right? Yeah, but, like, I feel like last time they were, like, sign up for this, you'll get your entry pass, or, like, you know what I mean? Because you have to go, and you have to wait in line, and then they let you in, and you're, like, you've got, it's like Supermarket Sweep. you got to, like, grab everything and hit checkout, and, like, there was so many items that I hit checkout, and as I was hitting pay, disappeared as I was paying for it. It was, like, a fucking, like, Telfar drop. 
Um, I mean, I'm signed up for Beyonce stuff, and I haven't seen an email yet, I don't think. Yeah. I love the yellow jacket. Like, the she has, like, a yellow and a green one. They're, like, the kind of sheer, almost, like, not rain jackets, but they're long. I love those. There's something else. The promo is just good, though. It's just a really beautiful commercial. Blue's in it. Is that her doing the splits? Yeah. Okay, I thought so. She, like, at the end on the beat drop, like, she does a split. It's so good. Uh, I love Blue succeeding (laughs) i mean she's amazing i yeah i'm excited for this i hope we get something i'll take a scrunchie last time i got two pairs of socks which i honestly because that's the only thing i got i'm so scared to wear them i feel like i've worn them like once (laughs) like i've been like no i can't mess them up there ivy park but i also they literally just sit in my i should just frame them i was gonna say you should just get them them out and frame them them on the wall um it's true artistry i know Okay, how do you feel about Borat? So I haven't seen the original since it, like, first came out. Okay. I could not tell you, like, anything specifically that happened. Yeah. But I, like, know the character, get it. Borat 2, I'm gonna watch it this weekend. I'm gonna watch it. I watched the original one, like, two days ago. Yeah. And I was like... It was Academy Award or nominated. I mean, it's wild. My frustration, I think, with it just in general, and with Sasha Baron Cohen, as a, like, comedian, as a filmmaker or whatever, Mm -hmm. like, claims to be punching up, claims to be sort of highlighting racism highlighting homophobia kind of like showing the world what the world thinks of itself in some ways and often does it like at the expense or it's like when you watch borat you're you're the way you're supposed to perceive it is americans especially in this time of bush have one no understanding of geography mm-hmm. <laughs> and then two also like um are so afraid of difference and yet all i really understand or remember culturally is just frat bros running around saying my life like you know it's like the Mm. the the impact is really more about making fun of this like quote middle eastern accent also you know he's not a muslim brown man he's like a white jewish person from the uk like there's like there's sometimes this just i mean the same way about bruno i've like i get it and i i think it does highlight some really funny stuff and i'm also saying this and i laughed my ass off just because like there are these scenes where it's not even really about what's being said it's about that he tricked them like these people are like fully engaging with this human as if he is the thing that he's presenting himself as and that's that's the the crazy part yeah but the thing is i also i would be very interested in what somebody who is republican conservative lives in the midwest like thinks of borat as a commentary on society or, I don't think they see it that exactly. way. Exactly. Or do they look at it and they're just laughing because this dude has a funny accent. That's what they're just, doing. Like pulling pranks. That's why it got so famous. I mean, like, it exactly. won an Oscar because it's the other thing. Yeah. But it is famous and popular because of, like, the caricature. That's that all it green is. Green fucking thong bathing suit yeah. is, like, the funniest costume as a man that you can wear. Isn't it so funny that you'd wear something like that? No, I think it's sexy. I have one of those. I mean, it. In some ways, it actually is. <laughs> no, I just... That was not a joke. That was me being dead serious. No, I don't own one, but they're hot. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to watch it, and I feel mixed feelings about it. 
I don't feel like fully giving Sasha Baron Cohen this like high five and hall pass to do whatever he wants because he's like exposing yeah. bullshit. I think the I think the mechanism is kind of fucked and it is in some ways in the same way Jackass is hilarious sometimes. Like exactly, you know what I mean. That's it, the closest thing that it reminds me of a lot of times. And I'm interested in like, are we gonna get a Borat three the next time there's like a Republican president? Because like, I'm excited to see like what. Like the part where he like crashes the Pence thing. Like yeah. I am excited to see what that looks like now because he didn't get a lot of famous people the first time around. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna like I'm gonna watch it, but I don't have like high expectations if for no other reason than for the fact that it's a sequel. Mm-hmm. Like it just is. So I just is it gonna live up to the original? I don't know because I haven't seen the original in forever. So it's like I would I would recommend watching it. Okay. It. It is shocking, and it literally, like, starts with rape jokes. Like, it, it's fucked up. Like, it, I, I do not want to give it this, like, seal of approval. Yeah. And it does have these nuggets of just, like... Like, there's this one scene with the... Um, I love how we're describing Borat as if, like, <laughs> as everybody has seen it. What? Um, uh, there are some people that have not, though, I've learned. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to do this. Uh, we'll come back and see what we think about Borat, too. We're not going to do this. Uh, Quibi is over. It's as, I mean, have you heard of it? We haven't. All right, next I thing. I was telling our friend Michelle about, like, oh, Quibi's, like, done. And she was like, what, what the is fuck that? is Quibi? Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, you don't know. I was like, why do I Why do I know what Quibi is? Yeah, um, yeah I, I think we all saw it coming. And that yeah. tweet you sent that was like, it's just a prime example of what happens when a bunch of rich people just get in a room yeah. and waste the like time and talent of like creatives. Yeah, it's like some of the show concepts. I mean, Reno 911 I mean. was on that. And I'm never going to see those episodes ever because it was on a fucking platform that you couldn't even stream anywhere. Nope. For most of that platform's life, you could not watch it not on your phone. What the fuck kind of stupid ass ideas? And yes, they couldn't have predicted the pandemic, but... Like, because I think the idea was commute, but, like, even if that wasn't the case, I don't think it would have lived. Yeah, but, I mean, it's just funny, because they they said it's a combination of the pandemic and maybe we overestimated, like, people's appetite for something like this. And it's like, I don't necessarily think you overestimated it, because look at... I mean, Instagram is still flourishing. People are still on their phones looking at things and watching short, maybe not like five or ten minutes, although you can do that. But people will also watch an hour and a half YouTube video about how to make spaghetti. Like, they'll do that on their phone. But all these Quibi things are like (laughs) short. Like, I mean, I guess, yeah, people are watching on. I hear what you're saying. I I get where, like, their, what their thought process was. I don't think, I think that they, the bigger issue is it was it felt like boomers being like this is what the kids like yeah like we can do youtube but like more elevated and better and it's like nobody needs that because they already have youtube they already have instagram they already just invest in a show on youtube like they don't need another platform to go watch 
a high production quality television show. Yep. It's like, just go watch that on your TV. I mean, one <laughs> of the shows earned an Emmy Best Actress yeah. this year. Like, yeah. And I'm I'm never going to watch it. Um, and none of us will ever see it. <laughs> but I am super excited. Oh, my God. And I just talked about her because of that time, like, most influential list. But Z-Way is getting a show on so- Showtime. Oh, yeah. You were just mentioning oh, I am. I love watching women who are amazing win. And she is just having a great year and with the show i hope that she has an ah i just i love it z-way is so funny and is able to take something as deeply painful as her experience of racism and make fucking money off of it and not in this you know like we were talking about last week with 40 year old version poverty porn way but in this like i'm gonna exploit white people's bullshit like and and that be the point of it and i just i love her and i love that for her um Let's. Do you want to talk about Lovecraft? You told the listeners that they needed to be prepared for spoilers this episode, and you must believe we're going to talk about Lovecraft because, because you I watched said it. I wasn't okay, going to okay, watch okay, it, okay. and I had to watch it. First of all, <laughs> I made a suggestion. You could have been like, "No, thank you." Like, like I didn't make you do anything. I don't even think I followed up over a text. Like, these are choices I felt you made it from a distance. All right. Man. Well, I'm just saying that that's your choice that you made, and I am not going to accept responsibility for that. You see how projection works, people. No, <laughs> and that's what our episode. No. Um, Okay, how do you feel? It's done. It's was it nine episodes, eight episodes? It was ten, I think. Okay, no, it was. You're right. You're right. right. I think it was ten. It was good. I mean, I think like most HBO shows, um, I've learned like the penultimate episode was better. Like mm. uh, episode nine was there was just so much going on, but like it added up. It oh. made sense. It was pa- the pacing was like fast, but I was keeping up with it unlike episode two the goofiest <laughs> thing like oh my god I, I don't even know if i could say it so in the episode before wait the episode before is when they went to tulsa yeah okay so the opening episode of the new one of the finale episode mm-hmm. they are bringing in the daughter who's still like in the, the racist cart. caricature yeah. demon thing but like <laughs> it's that big beautiful man carrying this like doll like you just tell it's like a doll and she looks and so he like it's just a very funny shot of him carrying her through the door like it's not as funny when he lays it down it looks more like she's yeah, yeah, her yeah. but the the prop of carrying her like it was so funny that aside the <laughs> ending like the the way the blood like pours out of him and like those final it was beautiful like it was kind of just this music video of magic yeah (laughs) like um it was it was cool i i think i do think that as a whole series the plot is a little messy it's a very messy plot i have a number of times had to like go to the internet and be, be like, like what just happened who is this or mm-hmm. like what did i just watch like i i think i caught like i think i'm following along but there's mm-hmm. some details here and there that like i know are like important but like acting it took superb. me a while to figure out who his mom was like i didn't know for a second oh. like oh and then like um oh my god what is that man's name that's currently that's Tony keyboard courtney b vance yes I remembered it this time. Courtney B. Vance, Angela Bassett's husband, uncle, uh, the uncle from the first like two or three okay, episodes okay, okay. who dies because mm-hmm. you guys should have watched it by now. Mm-hmm. Um, 
anyways, when he and his, I guess, baby mama, whoever Atticus's mom was, they were like dancing, right? Like in that room. And I remember being like, I think that's, I thought that was like, I don't know. I thought that was his like dead wife or something like that. Yeah. I didn't realize it was Atticus's mother mom, until yeah. literally this episode. I was like, oh, oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like I get it. The family <laughs> tree stuff is a little, they need a through point for all of it. Cause it's, I don't, I can't keep up with who is a son of Adam and who is not. Yeah. I have a feeling that like, if you were to watch the show just like back to back to back, like. I think it actually, it's one of the few shows that I will say I think works a little bit as... Like binge? Waiting, no, opposite. Waiting a week in between. Oh, okay. Because it doesn't always make the most sense. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't, I feel like it doesn't always, like, especially in tone. Like, but if you think of it as these episodes, there's one arching story of, like, white people have fucked up magic. And then there's there happens to be a bloodline that can interrupt it. Let's see who at the end will hold magic. That's sort of this through line. Mm -hmm. And then throughout, we just kind of get little vignettes of different types of horror. And I think if you're trying to absorb it like that versus like a series of character development. It'd be difficult. It's it's just not that. Because you'd be jumping from one thing to another every hour if you're trying to binge it. And it's just like, conceptually, they're all a little bit or a lot of bit different it so. works better as like a kind of monster of the week kind of thing it absolutely does and i feel like i mean i could go on and on about this show because i just love it so much and the imagery is amazing when they're and... with the ancestors oh fuck me up mm-hmm. like teary all teary. those generations of just like women strong black women like oh my god magic p- passes through a matriarchal line yes, yes. and then um in direct contrast with the white people who only had men passing it on, by exactly. the way. Exactly. Yeah, this is true. Wow. And then you have that. Okay. Now I'm going down a little rabbit hole in my head. Right <laughs> now. Um, but no. And then I was talking about this earlier, but that just final scene of the last episode where you have D, the um, the young black daughter, mm-hmm. um, with her like bionic arm, like kills Christina, like kills the main villain, and she has her Tuthulu thing that's like her pet, like howling at the moon, as she just is like looking like a badass. Mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, I don't even know if that needed to be about anything. Like they could literally come back next season that had nothing to do with anything, and I'd be like, that's fine. I just do need you to think see there's that. gonna be a next season? It said season finale. And not series finale. Okay. I feel okay. like with Watchmen, if I mean, it's always like the subtext, right? It's like, I think if you go on HBO Max and look at the last episode of Watchmen, it says series finale. Sure. Um, whereas this said season finale. So I'm like, oh, they're going to probably Try give it another season, season. I don't know where they're going to go with it or what else they could do. But I'm sure Atticus will come back to life because he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, or her, who knows? Maybe. That woman getting like bathed in his blood his though blood. like i mean fuck her but it was so She's pretty good i mean fuck her like character but whoever plays what's her name love her She's i don't know great. who she is the way she enunciates and the way her teeth touch each other yeah. and, like i know it's like specific but i love watching her teeth touch yeah. <laughs> like yeah. it's so good i was talking to a friend about like i still am not done unpacking the layers of the fact that it is a lesbian an interracial lesbian relationship she was in but they were swapping bot like genders but 
in the same race. I'm like, there's a lot to just unpack with all of yeah. that. And I'm still not done really getting over that. And also, yeah. poor fucking Ruby. I know. Hopefully, she... Isn't hopefully, it? they figure out something. Got the Book of Adam. They can, like, figure out some resurrection spells or yeah. something. Um, I'm excited to see literal black girl magic, though. And... As much as I would love to see fine-ass Atticus walking around screen, like, just his face. Like, a body is one thing, but that face is, like, you just want to make out with it forever. Yeah. Like, it's just... So, and he's got this big old nose. Oh, he's, he's so handsome. Is, ugh. He's so yeah. handsome. Anytime he was shirtless, I was just like, yes. Yeah. We can just keep this... Mm-hmm. Steamy. <laughs> I need to take a break. Are you that turned on right now? I just, I need a break. Oh my God. Let's take a break and then take some real meds. Yeah. When we come back, we are talking antidepressants with our good babe friend, Allie Kiltz. Okay, bye. Wow. We're back. What a day. What an adventure. Um, you guys, I think we've prepped this, but you don't understand how exciting this is. We have the one, the only, the baddest bitch herself. Ooh. Miss Allie Kilts here with us today, friends. Wow. Wow. A round of applause. A round of applause. Rounds of all the children are cheering. <laughs> how you feeling? How you doing? Um, I'm I'm doing all right yeah it's finally not hot as fuck in la so i'm feeling pretty good about that yes you are a new i can LA wear a date. jacket <laughs> you're like i've been craving i've been wanting to so long um yes how's the la move going it's good um you know it's a weird time to be settling into a new place because you can't do all the traditional things that you would do to get to know a new city or make friends isn't that's not really like kosher right now to be making friends so like all the orgies Um, are closed exactly Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah but i think it's going well it feels good it feels better than being in new york it was a little Mm. (sighs) it was just too much yeah new york is always too much though i know so it's like even more in the pandemic i can only imagine i agree um, you also adopted a new doggy babe. Yes, we have a new golden gal in the family. Her name is Fergie. Yes. Um, she is fifteen. She's a and you're her witness. Chihuahua mix. <laughs> um, we actually made her birthday because we don't know her real birthday, so we made it the same day as Fergie's. Easy to remember. There we go. Which is March twenty seventh, which is also my father's birthday. Oh, and. Also means she's an Aries just like me. Consolidation. I mean, I love the type of astrology where you just choose what you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Blue's a Capricorn. Oh, His yeah. His birthday is Christmas Eve. We just, <laughs> I just decided it because that's the day I got him. Floyd's a Scorpio. His is uh, Halloween. Because that's easy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jolene is the month of April. I. <laughs> they to- they were like when I got her they were like um it's maybe this day we just guessed from her teeth so I just celebrate her birthday in the month of April I don't have a oh, day oh I love it <laughs> so um, she might be an Aries too she oh, might be exciting. she might be I wonder if they'll war with each other if they ever meet oh my god 
Her and Floyd got along. They just like looked at each other. It was cute. <laughs> oh, Jolene. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy new LA lifestyle. Um, meeting all the celebrities. I know, just, you're so posh. You're bumping into Lizzo. You know, you're just doing all the things. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, we want to talk about um, a different kind of meds than the joke about meds that we often take. Um, we're going to talk about antidepressants. Yep, Ooh. that's a nod. Yeah, 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 we are. We yeah, are. <laughs> yeah, we so are. Like Sorry, the, I wasn't sure. So was like the not super talk? fun drugs. <laughs> Yeah, the not types yeah. of fun drugs. Although they can be fun. Um, I mean, but I'm bef- having a lot of fun with them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having fun on antidepressants. Yeah, I mean, it's an ad. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. Zoloft. Um, uh, before we go into that, though, I would love to ha- in- have you introduce yourself in ways that all of our guests normally introduce themselves. So what identities are important to you and how do you come into this world? Okay, well, um, my pronouns are she, her. I am a queer white woman from Portland, Oregon. Um, I've lived kind of all over the place. Um, Most recently just left Brooklyn, and now I'm in L.A., as you said. Yeah, that's how I came into this world at a Kaiser hospital. Okay, (laughs) right around the bend. Yep, (laughs) in Portland, so... That's who I am. I love that. Um, so I think we were, I mean, you and me and Shawnee are on obviously a group text to talk about each other, but also the podcast because you do the glorious job of pulling this shit together after we get stoned and ramble <laughs> for a minute, <laughs> yeah. um, which I'm not stoned today. Um, a feat (laughs) um but um i think i am just we were talking a lot around there's many ways that we can take the conversation about your individual life story kind of things that you've experienced and things that um you can bring into this broader conversation of queer mental health and when you brought up the idea of antidepressants i was like we have talked about meds for so long I got on antidepressants this year, so like I'm sort of experiencing the one of the like um, many types of antidepressants you can get on and the, that journey. But it's like it's been a journey. But mm-hmm. I want to hear um, how you came to understand antidepressants in your life, or how that came to you. Yeah, I mean. I had the fortune of starting grad school, moving to New York, and having my Saturn return all at the same time. So A gift from the universe. (laughs) It was truly wonderful. And I really don't know which one contributed more to the deterioration of my mental health. But um, I just really found myself basically that first semester of grad school just like not in a good place. just extremely stressed out like like physically and then financially mentally it's a huge adjustment um and like uh, my girlfriend Whitney didn't live in New York at the time so Mm. I would have to go home between classes to let out Floyd my dog and it just it was a lot to take the subway you know like 45 minutes each way just uh, 
Um, and having to so plan it, a course schedule around that. Yeah. Well, and I didn't even get to plan it. It was all laid out for me. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Like, because my program was super small. So it was just like these set classes your first year. You didn't choose anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but so anyway, I kind of just, I started to have just really feel overwhelmed and I wasn't able to handle it like I had in the past. Um, and then, you know, two years later, I finally did something about mm-hmm. it. Um, so I, I struggled for a while. And I think I think the biggest thing that a conclusion that I came to in the midst of this struggling um, was and I wasn't seeing a therapist like I, I, you know, it's definitely something I've always wanted to do and I've done on and off a little bit, but nothing um, super permanent. Um, but I just realized that this depression that was creeping in had actually been with me for much longer than I realized. Mm. And I had just kind of been like overcompensating for it and pushing myself and just kind of, I'm like a very like nonstop kind of person. So Mm -hmm. I just kind of bulldozed over all those things, even though I was so open to talking about, you know, all these subjects of mental health like it's never been something that I've been ashamed of but I think I just I really truly like hid it from myself mm-hmm. um and well, sometimes I, if you allow yourself to feel the thing if you like kind of step into the admitting of it you have to then deal with it and so it can be so much easier yeah. to be like actually well, you know what really I don't have the time front it is being in a relationship Mm-hmm. Because there's another person there to kind of be like, hold up, what's going on? Yeah. These are your um, coping skills. These? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I feel like having someone else who is in, uh, who just knew me more intimately and was with me a lot, kind of being able to tell me, and I didn't always want to hear that. Um, mm. Sometimes I just wanted to ignore it and go about my day. But so that was... Um, that was definitely helpful in, in the grand scheme of things. And then I just came to like a conclusion that, like I said, that I had been having these feelings for a long time, like basically since on and off since I was a teenager. Um, and I think it's just interesting because so much of depression, at least for me, like I learned so much about depression from watching commercials. <laughs> okay. Totally. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Totally. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Little Zoloft so guy or whatever. Yeah. Or just, you know, anything like, uh, you know, like the symptoms and all this stuff and how you're supposed to feel. And, you know, obviously a huge um, symptom of depression that kind of came through in commercials for me was suicidal thoughts or something. Yeah. Thoughts of, you know. And I was like, well, I've never had suicidal thoughts, so I'm not depressed like right you know that well it's not that extreme so it's fine but then I kind of came to the conclusion that there have been many moments in my life where I didn't want to exist mm-hmm. I was like wait I think that's the same thing as suicidal yeah. thoughts <laughs> right um and it but I just was so I just couldn't believe it took me that long to figure out that that was a, a form of that it's just yeah. had never been verbalized wow yeah that um that really resonates with me. I feel like um, I sort of discovered my depression after a breakup, and then I went to a therapist who was like, 
have you felt this way all the time? I'm like, yeah, I mean, kind of, I feel, but you know, that's just life, right? And he's like, no, literally, it's clinical depression. <laughs> like, <laughs> like um, there's textbook definitions of these yeah. symptoms that you have named that you have experienced your entire life, which uh, I'm framing it in a funny way. They framed it in more of a, that's really cool that you've made it this far without understanding that about yourself. <laughs> but like, there are ways to make that easier. And for me, I had been so like I went to therapy first and was doing kind of talk therapy interventions and you know at home CBT or like whatever um and breaking up with therapists and therapists breaking up with me like just like a cycle of that and then this last time that I came to therapy I sort of confronted my fear of talking about medicine related to depression Mm. because of what I absorbed on TV where it's like side effects of depression or suicide and I wasn't if I'm already a little bit suicidal or if I'm not I have those feelings of like wouldn't it be nice to disappear (laughs) like not having an understanding of those as sort of suicidal ideation adjacent like I was like well I definitely don't want to take medicine and then it gets 12 times worse and then I'm fucked you know like Mm. that was my deep hesitation around that yeah um but like you said that you had been dealing with it you know the big it the big you know whatever that mental illness it is um for a while in other ways what were some of the other ways that you were keeping yourself going and keeping yourself surviving i mean Basically, since I was 14, I've been working. So I think that was huge, just kind of throwing myself into work. And there are many points of my life where I had, you know, two or even three. Like in college and undergrad, I had five different jobs. Um, And so I think that's always been something for me is just kind of like working as much as I can on top of, you know, going to school or whatever. Um, And then I'm also like a pretty social person. So I think just throwing myself into social scenarios you know events um like I used to go to a lot of shows like see a lot of music I feel like that was you know and just like drink a ton living in Austin too is like everyone's just doing that kind of shit all the time but I think yeah just kind of like I mean literally just having myself fully booked all the time Mm mm-hmm and then it was like when I turned 27, my body finally started to give, like show signs of giving out on me. And I was like, oh, maybe this isn't super sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved to New York, it just it literally wasn't possible to do that kind of shit all the time because it's so hard to just even, you know, accomplish two things in one day there. So I, I it actually New York was good and bad because it helped me slow down in a way. Hmm. Um, cause I really couldn't accomplish as much and I didn't have the same social group as I did in previous places I had lived. So it also had me, you know, confronting more of my demons cause I was spending a lot more time in my head. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shawnee, what about you? Um, I was going to say that sort of coping mechanism of continuing to just overwork yourself or overextend yourself is very real um and i feel like i don't know just not a good way of coping with things and i feel like i i've lived in new york before 
and I've understood the sort of constant grind and constant just like I am still going and it's like 11 o'clock at night why am I up right now I just want to go to sleep um yeah <laughs> and when I was in New York I tried anti-anxiety medication bless you blue um and antidepressants both made me sick to my stomach mm-hmm. and I was just like absolutely not so yeah. Since then, I've never done them again. It's just been pure therapy for me. Wow. Wait, and when you were sick, was that just in the beginning or just like always on them? Um, For like a month. And I was just like, yeah. I can't keep pushing past this. It's been like four weeks of me being mm. nauseous to my stomach every day. Yeah, that's a lot. And like, I get that this is supposed to be helping my mood, but like physically... Like, I couldn't get out of the bed before because I was just, like, sad. Now it's like, well, now I'm sad and physically I don't feel good. Yep. So <laughs> what <laughs> am I supposed I to do now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the yeah. physicality of uh, medication for mental health is, honestly, it was the biggest barrier for me is, like, I had a lot of people in my life name a, an experience like that. I didn't have a lot of personal examples or people who were out I guess in taking medicine which I guess like that's still a thing like Mm -hmm. there's still some like disclosure and stigma around taking medicine whereas like if you have constant ulcers or if you have these other like other sort of life altering things taking medicine for it is like healthy it's what you should do it's how you stay alive like I have a thyroid problem I take a pill every day for that that's like no one's contesting that it's something I need (laughs) right but like the minute that it's like um Wellbutrin or something it's like oh you're okay well Mm -hmm. I hope that works for you or people immediately offer you advice you didn't ask for like um, make sure you this drink water or like to me. You know, yeah. <laughs> what what happened? What happened? Someone just told you some well, shit about your medicine. So I mean, I mean, I got on the antidepressants a month before I left New York. So at that point, I knew I was moving to LA, um, which already made me feel better. But I was like, I just need something to kind of give me that extra push so I can like try to move forward with my life mm-hmm. and maybe try to like seek out therapy once I can like figure out my health insurance and whatnot. Um, and I got here, and I have one good friend here, so I. Went to see her and she's from France. So like, I don't know if like things are, you know, d- depending on where you're from, like different countries, like how people view these things. But I told her, I was like, yeah, I actually got on antidepressants right before I came over here. And she was like, oh, her reaction was, oh no. And oh, I was no. just like, no, 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 it's not bad. <laughs> like and this is a celebration. Just, yeah. And then I think for her, it was like some family member was on antidepressants at one point and had suicidal thoughts. And I was like, no, that's not the case for me. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I was monitoring that kind of thing. Um, but it was really interesting. Like her reaction was just like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I feel the best I've felt in years. Yes. So. <laughs> I think for not me, I like, I was just, I think I was just scared of the process of having to potentially start something, try something new, try adjust dosage. Like I was like, it already feels hard enough to do, to be (laughs) like, um, why would I want to add an additional puzzle piece to figure out, you know? And I think I feel sad at myself (laughs) in some ways for feeling that for so long and letting stigma and other people's experience, you know, dictate my choices. Because I even had a therapist at one point that was like, 
I mean, because maybe also this is something that I didn't know when I first started going to therapy was like that they can't prescribe you anything if they're not a psychiatrist, you know, like it has to be a psychiatrist or a nurse practitioner or your main doctor, whatever. Um, And so like oftentimes too, therapists, especially like social work types are not going to like be pushing drugs or pushing you to go see drugs. But I had a therapist be like, you might want to explore this. And I was like... (laughs) don't put that on me. Like, (laughs) I don't want that. Like, and, um, I don't know. I finally had a conversation where I was just like, listen, I've experienced this my entire life. I might as well try it. And honestly, for me, it was first semester of grad school and me at, I think I was 28, but it, like around the same time of oh like, my God, same. Yeah, those Saturn's returns, they'll kick you right into (laughs) figuring your shit out. Um, (laughs) but I had this moment where, I was just kind of like, um, I don't know, let's try it. And I'll be honest, my first experience with a prescriber sucked. (laughs) Like this guy was just, um, the intake was weird and intrusive and he was very doctory and like sort of, uh, disconnected. I feel like in the room, he didn't feel like he was in the room with me. And I, I couldn't tell if he was like homophobic or like what was going on. I was just like, you know, you're asking me to tell you everything that's going on. I have like a lot of traumas. I don't know what you need to know. You know, like, I don't know what you're seeking, I guess. And um, I, it was just a very different experience from therapy, but it's a medical mm-hmm. exploration. You know, it is a different experience. And, yeah. um, but I got on something and I think within a few weeks, I was just like, I still have depression. I still have anxiety. These things don't magically like poof away. Mm -hmm. And it's not as hard to wake up in the morning. (laughs) And uh, when something that I really fucking hate or something that I was not expecting or there's a sudden shift in my life or whatever, it's not taking me two and a half weeks to kind of adjust to it. I'm like coming to it differently. (laughs) And it's like... um, But, I mean, we're talking about positive benefits, and you just named, you know, I'm feeling the best I've ever felt, which I'm really happy for you. Um, But, I mean, to Shawnee's point, there are side effects. There are things that if you are wanting to engage in this journey, which, I mean, everyone knows this. We're not medical doctors, so don't take our (laughs) advice in these ways. But if we're talking about the concept of antidepressants and exploration in that, I think making sure that you have a doctor that you have access to, making sure you have a safe you know, maybe a partner or a friend you can talk about your symptoms to because upset stomach, because weight gain, because lack of a sex drive, like all of these things, especially if you're in a partnership can come not in the way, but they can be something new to navigate while you're on your journey to feeling better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think the side effects in the beginning would affect me as much. And I mean, day two, I started getting nauseous. Um, I had like pretty loss of appetite, nausea. Um, Those are like the main ones for me. Um, But then by the two week mark, they were pretty much gone. Um, And obviously I was looking out for suicidal thoughts because obviously if that occurs, you should stop. Yep. Um, and so, I mean, I, and I started on the lowest dose and I 
was like, holy shit, I'm already feeling like I can feel this like changing me. And it was so interesting too, because I, um, you know, I was, I was on it right before we were leaving New York. So we were having all these emotional moments where we were saying goodbye to friends that, you know, we couldn't even hug. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, I, and I couldn't cry. I was mm. like, what's happening? Like, I was just like, and I'm like a huge crier. I cry all the time. Good, <laughs> bad. Like I'm like tears just come out. Like right now I feel like my eyes are welling up a little. <laughs> but in the beginning, I was like, what is going on? Why am I not having emotions? And it um, eventually kind of evened out and I can cry now, but I definitely don't cry as much as I used to, which was an interesting thing to like let go of. Cause I was like, I kind of like crying. I like that release. But <laughs> and, and that thing is why some people don't like being on these types of medicines because yeah. they feel less in tune with their emotions, especially if you're someone whose career or art or creativity or whatever is ruled by emotion, you know, like mm -hmm. that can feel scary to have a more kind of regulated experience of the world because it's like. This isn't how I've experienced it my whole life. What the fuck is going on, you know? And Which I feel like happens a lot in what you see on television. It's like, that's the one storyline for people that uh -huh. take antidepressants. Is there used to be, like, really lively and now they're a flat, yeah. like, flat affect. <laughs> we don't have emotion. So boring. Or it's like any it's like sort lobotomy. of medication for, psycho like, for your psychological whatever you're going through. It always feels like you're being lobotomized. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's not necessarily the truth. Like we have but that one flew over the cuckoo's nest thing of like, it's about control. It's yeah. about like, and yeah. I just, th those types of medicines and that type of, a low dose should not make you feel like that, you know? Or if it does, like maybe instead of an SSRI, try an SNRI or try an atypical type of um uh, antidepressant or these other yeah. things. Also, you can take St. John's wort as a naturopathic thing that like is not going to maybe give you the same benefits and it has some connection mostly to placebo effect, but there are plenty of like things, I mean, that people can take and, and engage with that um, it just takes an edge off and is not harmful in the way that alcohol takes an edge off. It's not harmful yeah. in the way that being stoned all the fucking time takes an edge off, you know? Yeah. Like, I did notice a little bit. So um, prior to getting on antidepressants, when I was working on the last podcast I worked on, Trace Material, we were actually visiting a hemp farm in upstate um, New York. And they gave me, the owner gave me some CBD oil, like a really high, like thousand milligram CBD oil. And I was taking the dropper in the morning um, and then kind of forgetting I took it and then realizing that my day felt a little bit calmer. Mm. Um, but then I kind of ran out of that and I, maybe some of that was placebo. But I did notice that that was helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and also magnesium, I feel like, is really helpful, especially like even taking the antidepressants. I still have anxiety issues, you know, mm -hmm. like I still clench my jaw at night and... So I've been taking a lot of magnesium before I go to sleep or like throughout the day even. And that's been helping me. Um, but yeah, I mean, in terms and obviously, yeah, everyone's different. I just for me, the antidepressants, even though at first I definitely felt I like was so conscious of the shift in my mentality. It was the fact that I could even see that and be aware of that mm. and, and make 
decisions based off of knowing what the antidepressants were doing to me made me feel so much more empowered with my decisions. And I felt like I could take a breath before I freaked out, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I think like for me, it was like patience, just kind of like, as long as obviously you're not having any serious side effects, like just kind of seeing what happens. But yeah, if you're like sick all the time, why would you want to do that? Like, that sounds awful. Yeah. There's no need to add more harm into your life. And there's also like some knowledge potentially that needs to be had or knowing that you might have to try a few things or look at it, some adjustments or, um, I think it's just about, especially if you're starting out, um, doing what you can to be aware, try and be more hyper aware of how you're feeling throughout the day. And, um, sometimes just that awareness can be helpful. We can make some choices in that awareness, you know? Um, but I also think, um, it can be kind of scary to feel like now I have to take something for the rest of my life to feel <laughs> better or like to experience the world in this way that I am naming is quote yeah. better, at least for me in this moment, you know? Yeah. And at the same time, I think some of that went away when I started taking Truvada every day, like when I started taking prep or also I was just taking multivitamins every day. Anyway, I was like, it's just another pill in my hand you know right. like like yeah. who cares I'm already I'm already taking that, pills every day was, like a 70 year old so I might as well yeah, just add another one I think one. it was part of the reason why it wasn't super hard for me to jump in was because I've been taking this thyroid pill every day f since like 2012 or something mm -hmm. so um I just added it to my regimen yeah. um and it yeah I don't know but it is interesting because I also like getting on antidepressants I knew people in my life if I told them that I was doing this that they might um confront some of their demons mm -hmm. and specifically my mom who I mean has really been depressed her whole life but it's never like our family doesn't talk about that kind of thing our family's really small and just doesn't we don't have any of those deep conversations but um her mom died at a young age and mm. was like a manic depressive so i mean you know it kind of runs in the family but it was something we never discussed and i knew the minute i told her that i was on antidepressants because i know she looks at me and she's like wow ali look at her she does all the things she's mm -hmm. she's like how could she be depressed um i knew it would make her more open to the idea mm. of exploring it and so she actually like a week after i got on Prozac she went to her doctor mm. it was I was like and then a month went by and I'm like how are you feeling she's like I'm not feeling anything I'm like hmm maybe you should uh increase your dose because I felt a lot right away um but at one point she told me she was like yeah I guess I just kind of thought that was just the she said that was just the um hand I was dealt yep and you know that's very our parents generation that's that's so common for them to think that way and um and then you know i told her i was like no like you don't have to settle for that like you can try to find more in life and um i was like and you know a lot of my friends are exploring antidepressants and she's like well then what does that mean like if everyone's on antidepressants i was like it means that we live in a really impossible world with impossible yes. expectations of yes. us like and it's just too you it's too hard to get through it and check all the boxes and not have help 
Well, that's why I feel like when we explore these concepts of mental health is social justice, it's because if we start having these individual liberations and have these, and they are not, I mean, going back to like Shawnee and I's like first and second episode around like these generational understandings of mental health, like we're having more open conversations with each other, which makes us feel better about these explorations and adaptations that we have to take because the world is fucked. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the world is yeah. so fucked. And like, <laughs> instead of sitting there alone and feeling like there's nothing that I can do. And I'm not saying that antidepressants are the thing to do or medicine because medicines, especially like anxiety medication can really be like a, they become a new coping mechanism. You know, it's like, I'm going to pop this every time. And then that can be dangerous too. You know, medicine is absolutely has the potential to be dangerous. So I'm not trying to downplay that. And I think you and I both have had positive experiences. You're naming that you see positive experience in your mother as well, who like up until this point has not had this. When I, I had been on probably like for like six months. And then I was talking to my mother about exploring like ADHD stuff or whatever. And I had to talk to her about, family history and she was like oh yeah your uncle and oh oh, i probably shouldn't have said that she was like but she was like "Uh, but um what i'm even that is an example of it was this family secret evidently that there's a bunch of people who are on any present that i'm like why did no one fucking tell me this when i was 16 like why did you just let me be like depressed as fuck it made me really mad but yeah i think that um (laughs) there is collective liberation in our talking about our personal experiences. So I really appreciate um, you offering how you've come to this. And I think we can all agree that grad school destroys you in some way. So like oh maybe if you're God. considering <laughs> me- mental health meds, go to grad school first and see if you can handle it. And then that'll be like a Truly. litmus test for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I should also say, I didn't come to the decision like super lightly. Um, obviously it took me a long time. and. I think also uh, figuring out I had a thyroid problem a long time ago, I ended up going through a naturopath to figure that out. Mm -hmm. um, And I'm on a non-synthetic thyroid medication. And so I've always been very in the camp of like avoid medicine at all costs like sure. if you can like she's even, from portland you know, yeah ibuprofen yeah yeah like <laughs> I, also just my parents mentality i think just growing up and kind of like not trusting doctors sure. and stuff like you know i wouldn't go to the doctor until something was really bad like mm. we wouldn't preemptively check things out and so um so I like, yeah, I didn't come to this lightly and I, and I've also really trained my, because I was, it took me so long to figure out I had a thyroid problem. I trained my body to pick up on really small changes in my behavior and my phys, like my reactions to things. Like, I mean, I just, I would write them down anytime. I'd be like, oh, I'm all of a sudden startled more than I normally am. Like, what is that a symptom of? And that was really through going to a naturopath and learning how to really tune into my body and notice just like the smallest of changes. Yeah. Um, so I should say that, like, that's why it's not just like, la-di-da, I got on antidepressants, no, here no. I am. It's like, no, I've been doing a lot of research about my health for, since like, God, basically since like 2007. Yeah. Um, and I think when I'm thinking about this as a topic and this as an episode, I think I'm thinking about this being a piece of additional research for folks you know like i don't want anyone to be listening to this and be like okay time to talk to my doctor unless there is some personal research there unless there's some personal exploration you know what i mean like there is absolutely 
time that needs to be taken. There is absolutely um, an awareness that needs to be had. I would highly suggest if you are able to go to therapy concurrently. So like, you know, that if, if, and obviously, you know, health insurance is a thing, you're naming that, but like, like Shawnee's saying, like, you can potentially have some of the relief through talking it out, you know, that absolutely is something. And if you aren't able to have therapy, having a little bit of something that just removes some of the it just helps executive functioning. <laughs> like that's the, that's the function of it. Yeah, so. I think that was where I got to. I just got to this point where I was like, I need help getting over this hump so I can just actually address the shit in my life. Um, and yeah, and so here I am now. It's been about four months, I guess. I've been on um, the, um, Prozac and it's not something that I necessarily want to stay on for a really long time, but I definitely want to stay on it until I can regularly start seeing a therapist. Yeah, because it doesn't have to be something that is forever. It can be for periods of your life that are um, difficult and... <laughs> Sorry, Whitney is Hi, Whitney. Writing, writing me a note <laughs> saying, can I take the car? Thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> Y-N or maybe. <laughs> Y-N or maybe. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on and doing a little bit of an exploration and a personal study <laughs> of your a piece of your story. You know, I think um, the goal of this has always been to just have queer people come on and talk a little bit about their understandings of mental health and... Um, I feel like we've had personal conversations about that. And then we were just like, we're working together on this podcast and then had not figured out a way to like bridge the, um, the sort of uh, having you here as a storyteller, which you are I, like, you literally went to school for it. You do a great job at it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just have to keep reminding myself of that. <laughs> mm, yeah. And I really appreciate you coming on and just like sharing your story as well, because I feel like I myself just got a lot of education on, I don't know, like both of your journeys and both of your experiences being on antidepressants. Um, So, yeah, it's an inspiration to hear. (laughs) And every uh, week for an hour and a half, I get educated by both of you. (laughs) Oh, my God. So I'm glad that we can, uh, you know, trade places. Yeah, I mean, the real, like, bastion of mental, mental health is Allie being able to sit through our bullshit, like, oh and, God, and like, true. comb Ever through it all. Ever since you figured out the sound issues, it is truly <laughs> magical. Like, I just plug in my Bluetooth headphones, I'll, like, do dishes, and every once in a while, I'll be like, oh, wait, I need to just do something. But, like, <laughs> it's so much better, because it used to take me all day to get rid of all the, oh my God. you know crappy sound which is fine whatever it's like growing it's not fine i literally like stay up at night feeling guilt around like how much you had guilty honestly it was the only thing i had to do for most of the pandemic Mm. (laughs) and now that i'm finally like starting to get some of my first work it's perfect it's perfect timing because now this podcast is not taking nearly as much time out of my day I it just and it forces me to listen too, which has been really hard since the pandemic. I haven't been listening to podcasts as much, so I, I think it's just because I don't take the train anymore. You know, 
Yeah, the commute thing has cut down my podcast listening. Also, doing one has cut down my podcast I'm sure. Listening. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, totally. I just listen to two, and that's it. I, I'm like this, is one of them. the read, <laughs> and then sometimes some other things. But Move I I'm know. Gay, we love those babes. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm so behind on Move I'm Gay, but I love them. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, let's take a quick break and then... T- I'm stuttering. <laughs> Take our <laughs> metaphorical meds. Oh my god. <laughs> we're almost ready to come back again. All right, we're back to take our meds, the fake ones, not the real ones. But if you have real ones, you can take those now, take too. Take those now, too. Why yeah. not? <laughs> Drink your water. No, you have to be on a very strict schedule. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't this know when you're true. listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you're listening true. to this podcast when you take your meds every It's day. only six o'clock for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's start with eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Allie, you're going to go first. <laughs> oh, my. I honestly haven't even thought about this. My meds oh, this you're week. you're on the spot. I think for me... Honestly, I'm going to do some stuff around the house. I think I've been kind of avoiding um, just, like, uh, my house life and and keeping that, like, because that's so important to my mental health is to have my home in, like, a good place. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's, like, a few, like, projects I want to do around the house nothing too crazy just put a couple just put a couple anchors in the wall you know um, <laughs> i'm sorry what <laughs> like ship anchors oh yeah i went to home depot today don't worry about it okay 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 <laughs> la lesbian fantasy I, I live i also bought some cilantro so i can stop having to buy like the whole bunch and only need a little bit what is really what do you mean about that you know, like when you go buy cilantro at the grocery store, you never need the whole thing, and then it ends up going. Oh, you're bad. saying you bought like seeds or something? So I bought a starter, a cilantro starter. Got so it. I don't have to keep buying bunches of cilantro. Anyway, I don't know. Is that like lame to say that I want to do stuff around? Absolutely the house with my not. Meds? No. <laughs> Taking care of the house absolutely can replenish. I think there's been plenty of times when just spending a day getting the house together, I'm like, I feel better. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and one more med is um, I'm, I bought tickets to see Benny Drama's uh, Night of Horror um, comedy special. Do you know what I'm talking about? That's the guy who like does the different voices and faces. And like the like- Zodiacs and stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. The so Scorpio is like always a- in um, uh, Edward Scissorhands costume. Yeah. <laughs> Scorpio shows up because he's already like um, shown little bits of it, Cute. but he has like all these like comedians, like uh, Jordan Firstman's in it, and oh. Meg Stalter, and like all these comedians that I love. So, oh my God, Meg's moving um, to LA. Yes, I know. I saw that. I was like, oh wow. Cool. You've got to be so best I'm, friends. I want her on the podcast. You know, right? Oh my. Well. Oh, wow. I would. Okay, I know, yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> you do the groundwork there, and then oh, if it's yeah. if it's later, Shawnee, you can help. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, yeah, Shawnee. When do you move? Well, I hadn't told the listeners anything yet. I don't think. What? Oh well, we don't have to include that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Whatever. We haven't talked about the job. I thought we talked about LA before. No. Okay, then I've we can cut this out. Your job. <laughs> My bad. You guys, all right, fine. Cat's out of the bag and moving to Alaska. I don't know what to tell you. Um, Oh, yeah. A-L. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Is that A-K? No. Arkansas. 
What? Alaska? What's Alaska, <laughs> y'all? This is bad. A.S.? <laughs> oh, no. Keep all of this in uh, the episode. All right. What's your match, Shani? <laughs> <laughs> Allie just gave us all three meds that we needed for the episode. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> so we're just going to go I'm, to the homework. Gonna... <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> My meds, um, I voted today. Yes. You got your virtual sticker? I didn't even... I don't care about the sticker. Sure. I, I got the joy of putting putting that little envelope in the box. It's the only thing I ever put in the box. <laughs> oh, my God. But, um, yeah, it, I had a little proud moment. Of course, like, I took a picture of myself doing sure. it. Sure. You know, that's better than a sticker. <laughs> oh, I already Did you vote it. if not everyone <laughs> knows? Worry. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. It was empowering. I sat here last night and filled out my ballot and, like, turned off the TV like turned on the overhead light which i never turn on and i was like we're gonna get serious about some stuff Mm -hmm. um and i sat here for like an hour and a half and just like took my time and did it and then was really happy when i got done and then was super excited to go drop it off today so this is your reminder to by the time this comes out you need to have voted anyways but continue voting and yeah i think i mean i think people will still be able to i think this will still be yeah but um, I know for us, we have to mail it in minute? by next Tuesday. So, Well, I mean, I suggest week. dropping off your ballot I at agree. this point anyway. Um, so ballot boxes are great. Also, I was really excited. I voted two days ago, I think. And I, our friend Marissa Yang-Bertucci from the episode in the beginning. I don't know. The yeah, Black Lives Matter and Queer Youth episode. Mm-hmm. Um, she puts out a voter guide, Bitch Tucci voter guide. I'll put it in the Rex and Resources. I use it. I don't always follow it directly, but I mostly do because it's really helpful and she's really thoughtful around how she came to her decisions, is transparent about other voter guides she looks at. I love it. Um, so if you're still confused, go look at this right now. Click, 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 click. Oh my God, you're there. That's look Portland. What you're wow. That's Oregon specific. It is. Yeah. It, and it's really honestly Multnomah County specific. So mm, just okay. for the babes here in, I mean, unless, are you confused about who you're voting for president? <laughs> Who me? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think I'm still on the fence. Are you an undecided <laughs> voter? A mythical yeah. undecided voter? I'm one of those undecided voters. I yeah. had this like I kept having this annoying thought as I was going through the ballot that I accidentally marked the wrong. Ballot oh my god! I kept Gosh. going back like, wait, that's a nightmare for you. Stress. Oh, did me you see? Did you see Kanye's hour. video today? Kanye put out another video. He put out a video showing um, how to write in his name and on oh, a God. variety of different um, ballots. No, okay. On no, his no. Instagram. <sighs> what a nightmare person. Um, what are your I, meds? My meds are that I didn't watch the debates last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I was so proud of myself. <laughs> I you. literally got on my phone and I saw the tweets popping up and then I I might have even got like an Apple news reminder of like five minutes and I was like first of all rude and then um, (laughs) I sat down to like do homework or read something or whatever and then I thought about turning it on and I was like you actively had a miserable time last time like like, I can't disconnect my emotions from politics sometimes and when it's right there in front of me like I just I don't know. I'm just glad that I didn't engage. I was not going to gain any new information. I already voted. (laughs) Like, I was like, I think I am just going to check out from this piece of politics, this election process, until November 4th. I feel like I'm just going to wake up and see what happens because I emotionally am drained. I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. So I'm happy that I honored my bullshit that I talked a few episodes ago about that fucking debate and just did not participate. It felt great. 
I didn't either. I just ate chicken instead. <laughs> okay, work. Oh. <laughs> um, what's and a homework, I did, babe? And I'm not happy about it. Mm. Um, we well, know better for next time. Homework this mm-hmm. week. Um, <laughs> you know, it's gonna be homework for myself too, for real. Do your research on antidepressants, just in general, like for real, everybody, because. I think that we did a good. I didn't. I think we did a good job, or at least uh, Maddie and Allie did, of talking about antidepressants and their experience. And um, they shed a new light, I think, for a lot of people um, on what that can look like. So, go do your research. Um, we'll drop some links in our usual spot in the link tree um, to get you started. Yeah, talk to your doctor. Yeah, talk and to your you doctor. You can also talk about these things too. Oh, Is you're that voting mushrooms? on this. Shrooms, Allie? Yeah, you're voting on this, aren't you? Oh my god, oh my yes. god yes! I got to vote yes on psilocybin. <laughs> I voted no because they're That's a dangerous cool. drug. Okay, well, this is the breakup. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't tell you guys, I'm a Republican. I'm a Republican. (laughs) Um, My dad is, and I blocked his number today. It felt great. Um, So, uh, (laughs) on that note, (laughs) on that note, uh, you can follow us at QBTPod on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to Marquis and Shanti Darling. And I'm so excited to tell you to your face, Allie Giltz. Thank you for editing the podcast. (laughs) Oh my gosh, she's here for real. Right there. (laughs) How annoying is it to hear that in your ear while you're doing other things and you're like fuck you <laughs> no, shut up <laughs> uh, I love you all. very much thank you so much love you too thank you mm, have a good rest of your evening tell Miss Whitney and all the little doggy babes in your house yeah. but um we appreciate them oh my god this chair is squeaking and I thought it was one of the dogs squeaking <laughs> in there <laughs> oh my god I gotta go bye bye <laughs> <laughs>